To Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 105, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays. We reach into the mailbag for a question and then review the new Cranio Creations. Gollum. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Gollum. <laughs> it can be pronounced both ways. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. <laughs> this is, is going to be a saucy podcast. Uh, yeah, I, just, <laughs> I think so. I just wanted you to know. just wanted you to get that, you know, get that straight. So you're, it's, you're saying Gollum, not Go- Gollum. Gollum is, yeah, Go- Gollum is the... More oh, so accepted now I have to leave pronunciation. All that in. I know. Yeah. Okay. See, right, Golem it. is the more That's... accepted pronunciation. Maybe clean up the air a little bit, but yeah, I, I'm leaving it all. In. Oh, all <laughs> like <laughs> Let real, it all real out. awkward air. Richie, okay. <laughs> Richie, you are the master, so you do what you he need is. to do. So, he uh... is the master, fellas. Yo, yeah, that was wicked. Oh, oh it was great. Oh my goodness. It yeah. was. I, I was a little sad that uh, you didn't go. I couldn't play. No, I no. Oh. I, Thank you for not inviting me, so I had to turn you down. No, <laughs> sad I didn't get to play board games that night. Uh, but. I understand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had a good time, oh, though. It was really good. Oh, good. Uh, the, uh, who, I'm sorry, but whoever played uh, Elphaba was amazing. Oh, yeah. Elphaba and, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought Glinda was good, too. So, yeah. They uh, killed it. Both the of them. Gravity was was a showstopper. Oh, I mean, it that was, was. It was amazing. Brought so, the house down. Yeah. The cool thing about it, honestly, uh, is that... So everybody knows Adina Menzel because she she originated that role. I would say this woman who played Elphaba, and I don't have the playbill, so I'm I'm sorry I don't know her name, but I would say she her voice with the notes was more effortless than Adina Menzel. Like she was able to hit those notes and sustain mm. them like yeah, she, like it like it wasn't much work, which is good. impressive. And I don't think you need to apologize. She does not listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> hey, hey. You never know. She could be local. Well, her local, last name is no, Guzman. No, 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 no. This Guzman is was her last name. But yeah, anyway, yeah, uh, it was good. It was really good. good. And Finn enjoyed it a lot. You know. So, so what did what did Stephanie? Because you said that she actually got to see it so, uh, on Broadway yeah. with the original cast. She was that. very impressed with the lead. She thought yeah. they were fantastic. It was really interesting though because she comes at it. I'm not in the biz anymore, right? And she does a lot of directing for the Rose and stuff. And she goes, "You can tell that that was a show that was directed 20 years ago. Like the staging of it was very like." I would agree with that. Yeah, like the staging yeah. of it was very kind of stagnant and and just looked like a style that was directed probably mm. twenty plus years ago. You know what I mean? So and I and I was like, you know what? That now I wasn't looking at it that way, but now that I can think back on it, that makes sense. So I, I will say that I mean, because that's my third time seeing it at the Orpheum. Sure. And you're right. I mean, the the stage itself I don't think has changed. I mean, it still has like the dragon on the top, and it still has the same curtain band i mean you know not i don't think hardly anything has changed and you would think that they would try to do a little bit of update for it but 
And again, right now, it just makes so much money. I mean, it's in town for like almost a month and, you know, it's Ooh. basically sold out every single night. It's really popular here in Omaha in particular, yeah. I think, you know, like it just does well out here in the Midwest. I don't yeah. know if that's part of the story of Wicked and Odds and stuff or oh. if it's just I, I I had one woman tell me that she was Elphaba. So like she <laughs> it, she had identified with that character, that sort of outsider. And like anyway, so so anyway, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, they don't do that usually unless there's a revival of it. Then they change staging or costumes. Mm. The costumes, Stephanie was very wowed by the costumes, though, because they were pretty uh, special. Uh, I took my my uh, 15-year-old daughter, and she was just, I mean, she just, uh, beautiful outfits. And, yeah, she was really impressed with all that. She got a nice cool. hoodie out of the deal, too. Uh, she did. I bought her a hoodie, you know, every time. This is, like I said, my third time going. And I took my wife the first time. Then I took my older daughter, and I took my younger daughter. So it's uh, you know it's a good excuse for you me. You boys to just getting so. the shaft, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think okay. they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we probably better move yeah, on. From, sorry for uh, the musical uh, theater talk. Uh, yeah, you know. But uh, well, let's talk about some board games. So we had a great weekend oh. at the Great Plains Game Festival. That was a blast. What I mean, they rolled out the red carpet for us. Yeah, we had our own that table. clinic it was game amazing. So. I never Let's, got played. Never got played. Let's talk about we spent bad more game. time. We we drafted good games to play at a con. Clinic is not one of them. Not on there. <laughs> and for some reason, we said, let's go play it. And yeah. With five modules. Yeah, yeah that we hadn't <laughs> used before. Yeah. So unfortunately, a lot of burn victims died that game. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to die that game for sure. Uh. Uh, but we got to go do the trivia. Yeah, that was That awesome. was a blast. And I mean, we rocked it, guys. We, we did. 100%. Score. Killed 100%. It. And, and a true team effort as it, well. Yes. There were a couple questions I had no clue. I think if I was doing it on my own, I probably would have missed maybe three, possibly. I mean, I, I think I could have gotten some educated guests and possibly yep. been okay, but certainly between the three. And Josh. Josh yep. was kind of there. Yep. I don't remember if he had any he, answers. The Gonshan Clever. Oh, the he knew the Gonshan Clever. Yep. 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 Uh, but together, we're an unstoppable force. We're like yeah. the Voltron of, of board game trivia. There you go. <laughs> I... <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that, that that was a lot of fun, and it was just fun to, to goof around. And, and Grant Grant Lyon, who was on the previous podcast, he did a good job hosting it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, he did. He did a really, really good job. Uh, I think the funniest part was when he was going through the answers, and there was the one where it was like, uh, the upcoming game, Sky Mines, is most, uh, you know, is a re-implementation of what game? And we, of course, it's it's uh, Mombasa. Mombasa. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, it's broom service. And we were like, uh, no, <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> and then they had to go check. And they're like, oh, yeah, it is Mombasa. So even when we were wrong, we were right. Yeah, <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about one of those games, Richie. Chad, we got to play a fun game. That was really fun. That yeah. was really fun. So we have a couple things to thank Grant for. Number one, he taught us this really great game you're going to talk about. Number two, he got Clef interested in having a TikTok for this podcast, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he actually downloaded the yeah. app at the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, at the I mean, con. He was a funny guy. I figured I'd download it. You know, <laughs> he did it well. He did a little TikTok. Did you look at our, watch our TikTok? Yeah, he, I did he watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so if you if you go to Grant Lyon, yeah. At, on TikTok, I think that's good enough. And you follow him, you'll actually see he did a little TikTok with. Well, Chad, unfortunately, you were. I wasn't were, there on you Sunday. You weren't there yeah. on Sunday, so you didn't get to be in it. But uh, Richie and I were, and then there was uh, our family plays games, and uh, our friend Michelle, and a couple of other and people. Kidsplaining, yeah, kidsplaining, kids yeah. yeah. Uh, they were a lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah, they were very so. cool. Uh, in really, fact, yeah. in fact, Allison from Kidsplaining was in on our game of shamans. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and she was, uh, she won. 
She Spoiler did. Alert. Yeah. Honestly, I should have won, except my my last shadow. Oh boy. Teammate was. He was. He yeah. was terrible. I, I scored zero points. Yeah. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> Clef, let me tell you. Um. It, well, because this is a. A deductive, uh, like a social deduction trick-taking game. So it's a trick-taking game. So maybe if Clef uh, plays it a couple more times and makes up some of his own rules, he'll get some. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll get some points. It'll be one of his favorite yeah. games. Yeah. And now it's you're a nice you're... little dig there. I like that. I like that. I like that. It's like Joe Farrell on uh, on, uh, on Slack or whatever he did to dig me. Yeah. Yes, uh, Joe did have a, a very funny post on the on the BGG forums. We don't yeah. need to read it. We no, can move we, on. go we check can it out. That's on. a little yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we we got to play this great game, Shaman. So really, the the, the first thing I'll tell you, it's a trick taking game, but it is it has social deduction in it where you're going to get handed out a card to start with and you're either going to be a shaman or you're going to be a shadow shadow, shadow. that's right yeah. okay and so depending on what team you're on you have a different objective that you're trying to do and basically there's just kind of a little uh you know board on in the middle where you have a token that you're moving up and as a shadow you're looking to get the token all the way to the end and as a shaman you're looking for it not to to make it to the end Normally, there's always more shamans in the game than there are shadows. So shadows are kind of like, you know, almost like the, uh, you know, like if you if you think of uh, Merlin, you know, the 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 social yeah, the resistance, game. yeah, yeah type of, those type of games. You know, you always have less of kind of the bad guys than you do right. the good we, guys. We played a five player so, game and there were two shadows every yeah, round. Yeah. Okay. And then three shamans. So, um, so once you knew what you were, you kind of had an idea of what you wanted to do. Then somebody would start. And they would lay out a card and it, there was different colored suits. And you could either then the next person could either continue and play that same suit if they had it, or they could play anything they wanted to. It's not yeah, like you, you were never had to follow to suit. If you were a shaman, you'd wanted to follow suit though, because then the token didn't move up. If you were a shadow, you maybe wanted to play a different suit because then it made the token move up. But obviously you don't want to reveal yourself necessarily because there are ways to eliminate players in this game. And one of the ways the shamans can win is by eliminating the two shadow players. And one of the ways the shadows can win is by eliminating the shamans. Yeah. Every time so, a shaman was eliminated, that bumped the track up way up. Way yeah. up yeah. So yeah. So it was, so you, you wanted to try to keep secret kind of what you were. And then, like I said, you were just, uh, I think if you played like the lowest card, then you got like a token. If you played the highest card, then you got to lead the next suit. Maybe right. it was vice versa on that, but, but anyways, it was one of those things. Um, so it was definitely very interesting as opposed to in a normal trick taking game, you're just thinking, okay, well, I want to win these tricks, but in here you're like thinking, well, do I want to, maybe I want to kind of screw with it, or maybe I'm trying to keep with the suit. So I'm not going to win the trick, but if I win the trick, you got these tokens, which would get you more points, but yet everybody was on a separate team. So only one person mm -hmm. was going to win because you were going to score points based upon winning. Yep. Right. And I'm terrible. Yeah, you, yeah, you are it. bad. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing I liked about it is that once you play, I think there were seven cards in every suit. And once you played the final card, whoever played the final card yeah. and completed that suit, yeah. got to take the action that was associated with that suit as well. Yeah. Which could be killing a player or possibly switching their roles with another player, stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. 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 And you guys were mad at me because I was on your on your team or you surmised that I wanted the shadows to win at one point when I 
I didn't. I was a shaman player, but I wanted the like the bonus two points because actually in this game, two points is a lot it of was points. Big, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to fill up the suits, and so basically there was one card left to be played of that suit, and I knew that if I played it, I was going to get that power, but nobody else had it, so it was going to move the shadow track up yeah. a lot. So, so there's that give and take that makes it really sure. interesting there. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you who's good at it was Allison. Yeah, yeah. she won it. She, she won, won it. Every time, I never... No. I, I, no, I never... Well, honestly, my whole game was blame Chad every round. And, <laughs> that was true. And it worked. <laughs> I, I did fairly well until I was teamed yeah. up with you. <laughs> but, my bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, I liked this game, though. I thought it was a lot of fun. This would definitely be one... Uh, we should almost try to track down a copy. I think they it, had yeah. them on Amazon when I looked last. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. So I think it was a fun little game. I don't know if it would have a lot of staying power for me because I think it might just kind of like, you know, like Merlin and resistance. I thought at, at some point it was like, okay, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing, but definitely I like the twist on it, you know, with the, adding mm -hmm. the trick taking and the, if you are a person who likes trick taking games, I feel like this is a good state, uh, a, a good one to have in your stable of trick taking games. So you wouldn't pull this out every weekend like you might with Skull King, but it's one that if you know you have a group that likes trick-taking games, every so often it's fun to pull out. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, definitely. Well, I did get to play something a little heavier last this week. Really? Okay, yeah. All right. And I was pretty excited to get the chance to play this. Now, uh, this is a very much an initial observation because um, I basically just kind of played the playbook, but we played Triumph and Tragedy from GMT games. Mm, yeah. And this is a, and many of you've heard me talk about block war games. This is a three player, a true three player block war game, uh, where it is uh, set during world war two and you have the typical, uh, axis powers. And then you have the USSR kind of as one player. And then the other player plays all the rest of the West countries. And, um, it's like I said, it's very similar in the fact that you I mean you've got blocks and they've got power and toughness on them. But what's really cool is every this kind of starts like in 1936 and it's before war has broken out. So because obviously it's a few years before, you know, uh, Nazi Germany kind of does what they do. And so you have these cards that you draw and you are like building up your production. And then this is where you get to start to get new different um you know, uh, either armies or, or, or planes or submarines and boats. And you can kind of, you almost have like a buildup period before you actually start the war. So it's, it was very interesting how the card play was. And, um, yeah, so my first impression is I cannot wait to play this game for a full play. I think it looks absolutely tremendous. Uh, we also have, there's another one that's, uh, called conquest, uh, conquer and conquest, which is basically the, uh, kind of the, uh, Pacific front, you know, so then it's, it's, uh, the USSR on one side and then Japan and America on the other side. So, um, for the, for the three that they're all three player, both of them are three player block war games, beautiful production looks great. Uh, everything about it just screams it's going to be a game that I am going to love. So I'm excited, and certainly once I actually get a full play of it, I can report a little bit more. But if anybody's looked at it and thought, ooh, that might be a game that I'm interested in, definitely I'm going to say uh, first impression is definitely very good for me. 
Is this does this have the deck building, or am I thinking of something else? It does have deck, it, not deck building. No, I would not call it deck building. You are drawing. Uh, you have two decks of cards that you can draw from when you when you get these, you know, uh, points of production, and one is kind of uh, diplomacy cards where you're trying to take over, you know, have diplomacy to take over different countries, and then one is kind of uh, well. They're multi-use cards, as I guess is maybe a better way to put it, because they both decks have they have a little bit different things, but the cards are multi-use where they might have some technologies on them, or they might have like factory so that you can build up your factories. So you kind of have to decide how you want to use the cards. So very cool. Yeah, so, I forgot about that part. That is really neat. So, so then I, I, you know, I think I'm thinking of time time of crisis. Time of crisis has deck building. In time it, right? of yeah. crisis okay. Okay. has okay. deck building. So, yeah. but yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Uh, the only one, the only ding on this that I've heard is that. It's it can be pretty long, which again I would agree. I think this is like I mean, an all day sort I, of I think affair. this is going to be a, yeah. a long, long game. Mm. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, I don't think it's going to be short. By you know, I don't think it's going to be eight hours, but I I can see a four to five hour game probably for your first play for sure. sure. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. So I think that's it. I don't think we have any other recent plays we need to talk about, Richie. Right? We're ready to move on. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh Chad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't have a lot new, uh, but I, I can say that I, um, I played a little bit, uh, this afternoon with my, uh, with my buddy Rihanna in between, uh, in between her tour schedule and, uh, she, Jay-Z didn't stop by. No, no, okay. no. Did she ever just fly you out so, or she yeah. always comes to your house? That's a little weird. Yeah. I, I think that's part of our relationship. Just that she likes to get away from it all. No, okay. yeah, doesn't want sense. to have Chad out there with yeah, her. You yeah, know, yeah, I mean, yeah, she, she's kind of a secret. It was an undercover friendship. Uh, anyway. Uh, so my buddy Ree, um, I taught her some LCG stuff. Um, we played a little bit of uh, Lord of the Rings, which obviously I've been into, but also uh, I I came back to Arkham Horror LCG, which I appreciate uh, the storytelling in that game a lot. So I'm really enjoying that. And you know, uh, she actually she was like, "Oh, I'm loving this," and she's like, uh, "This reminds me of Magic." And I was like, "What?" I guess I didn't know this about her, but she played a lot of magic back in the day. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and you, and I told her that you were a big magic player on the circuit and you instantly became much cooler to her. So that's, that's Ooh, hey, all right. You might get flown out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, it's just, it's interesting to me that this game, because I think probably if I played magic, I would get into it, but it's the idea of like having to track down cards to make a deck that you know gets really expensive that that sure. that is not attractive yeah. and i will say i've honestly already spent a great deal probably on these lcgs but i like the idea of now i have this huge card pool that i that i can you know make these decks from and these different heroes and then have different experiences like in lord of the rings we can walk through you know these the, the stories of the saga boxes you know of of the lord of the rings or of the hobbit which is interesting but also with this Arkham Horror one, I think there's some really creative design. Like, for instance, the way they use cards in it as you're exploring locations, like some are laid out, and hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler, but some are laid out like train cars. And so you have this one adventure, and you're going from card to card like a train car, which is really cool. There's some really creative stuff in it. But I think uh, th 
I think, and just the like magic, what this does for me is it sort of scratches my game designer itch. Like I'm not going to design a game, but putting together decks that do certain things, I, pr I think that's probably the extent of it for me. And I'm sure you probably felt like that in magic, like just trying out a scenario with, you know, with, with a deck and, and kind of building it that way was, was fun once upon a time for you. Well, probably my favorite thing about magic was building decks and, and then play testing decks was probably my favorite thing. Uh, the tournaments actually probably were one of my least favorite things to do. I, mm. I, I just enjoyed the hanging out with the people and, you know, learning new decks and, and building decks and changing cards and stuff. So that was always my favorite part of magic. Cool. And you said it, it plays good solo as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I need plays... to tell my brother-in-law about it. Cause he, he loves war of the ring. He just got battle of the five armies. And I know like his wife is trying to distance herself from those types of games. <laughs> so, I mean, she even may be able to get into this as well. So, so that's one of the things I, I can say the core box, like it'll play solo, but one of the three adventures in that is so hard solo. You almost want to play it two handed with two decks. So you could do that once you get good at it, learn how to play two decks, or he can play it with, you know, with his wife and, and uh, like if he really likes that stuff, I think he would dig it because that's part of it. And it, it's yeah. really interesting. I saw this uh, guy who created a deck online the other day called the Red Arrow, um, which is basically like he's teaming up the Rohan writers basically from the movie or, or the books and this this king because to him, he loves the part in the books, not the movie where the king kind of gives this red arrow to the horses because they're the horsemen because they're going to get attacked and stuff. So he's made this whole deck that has thematic reasons and thematic tie-ins and he really likes how it plays out. It's just interesting. It's cool. it's fun. So, right. so I, again, I've been getting into it. I guess what I would say to our listeners, if you're into that L CG model and just like Clef, Clef talked about the nice thing is it is a cooperative game and so you're not it's not that scene of magic you're playing together but you each have this deck that you've created and you're trying to there's too much going on to sort of I think quarterback so I think you kind of get the good feels of trying out a deck with somebody else nice. um, I would say if you're really into Arkham Horror that probably has the most story and creative use of cards. Plus, when you finish a, uh, a campaign or a story, you get experience points based on what you beat or how you beat it. And then you get to add cards into the deck and it feels like you're powering up your investigator hero. Uh, there is campaign in the Lord of the Rings, but it doesn't feel quite as fulfilling as like, like a you know, uh, Arkham feels like a D&D &D character that you're mm -hmm. building up. Um, but if you love Lord of the Rings, then it's totally worth it because it feels very thematic. And then Marvel Champions, I think, to me, that's the best quick get it out, play, solo, put it back sort of game. It's more mechanism. Um, and really what feels thematic are the decks of the actual heroes. So if you like those, that's what you're going to want to focus on. But anyway, that's sort of my very quick down and dirty LCG uh, talk. So thanks right. for humoring me. Yeah. Very cool. We got a light trick taking game. We got a heavy three player block war game. We got some LCGs. I mean, hey, it's a well-rounded podcast. What more could you ask for? We could ask for a Kickstarter corner. Let's do it. So our buddies over at Eagle Griffin Games are releasing some map packs for Age of Steam. And everybody knows, if they've listened to this podcast at all, how much we love Age of Steam. There are 13 new expansion maps. There are basically packs. You have uh, one, two, or three 
different volume packs and they've kind of spread out the new maps within these so that if like Richie, you have the, some of those. Yeah. Maps. I mean, I have most of them, but if, yeah, if you're new or if you just got the deluxe the last time, I mean, this it's a great deal. It's a slam dunk. Let's talk about some of those maps real quick because I think packs two and three are new. So we got, uh, in two, there's like Italy, which that, that was, was brutal. Fun. That, that was a, brutal was a map. fun, brutal map. Mm -hmm. You could mm -hmm. take those black cubes and deliver them on people's uh, people's routes and then make For their negative income. Yeah, yeah, make rough. their income go down. That was great. Uh, did you guys play Seattle Metro? I think no, no, that's a new that's new one. one. I okay. know uh, Ben Coverly said buddy. He's, he's played it and he said yeah. it's really good, but no, that's one we did not get to play. Okay, yeah, and that one's a, a possible solo one too. Uh, there's of course the expansion volume three is some of the new maps that you guys got at, at age of steam con this past year, Pacific electric, yeah. which you yeah. like, great map. And they have Southern China, which I know you really liked yeah. in there. Oh, you still haven't gotten to play. I still haven't gotten yet. to play it. And disco Inferno. Oh, man. Yeah. Disco Inferno is a, a classic. You, did you go into oh. the age of steam forums and respond to that guy? Sorry to do a little business on air. You're supposed to um, put up I your... I have been very busy playing <laughs> PP Con, <laughs> right. okay? It's not like an easy thing to do. Right. Well, he listens to the show, okay. so they, they're, right, there's right. your explanation. So, and there is uh, <laughs> there is the infamously uh, a little bit too long for my taste Sweden recycling one in that in that pack, too. Mm. So <laughs> yeah. such a good so map. Good. Yeah. You, I think you need to play it again. May I will. Mason takes his time yeah. in a game. That's, <laughs> he does. That's all. Just trying to yeah. Win. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, the Lincoln Lincoln town. funeral car, oh, one yeah, of your the one. Lincoln town car is a different yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that one later. Uh, I got to play a couple of different uh, versions of that, so I'm uh, I, I'm assuming I think the latest one I played was what's coming out. Right, so, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be uh, really good if you don't have any of the other uh, maps in there yet. Uh, this is a good get, and if you're looking uh, at whether to to back it. So when this drops, you have uh, one day to back that, but Ooh, you could probably, yeah, you could probably lay pledge. Um, oh, yeah. But if you're, so if you're wondering too, uh, Heavy Cardboard has playthroughs of a lot of these new maps. So I would check that out too, because that's a good resource. And if you, you dig back far enough, they, I think most of these maps have been played on their channel at some right, point. So. Right. Yeah. So, so check that out. That's a, uh, that's a favorite from us. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. You know, there's so many games. I walk into the store and I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm overwhelmed. And then they're just kind of stacks on stacks. It's kind of a mess. I, hey, I I'm going to tell you what to do. What? All right. You should go to Hobby Town in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know why? Why? Because they have a great staff there that's going to help you pick out a game. So they'll help me choose a game that's right for me and my family? Absolutely. You go in there. You kind of tell them maybe what you're interested in. All their staff is very well knowledgeable about games and they can pick out different ones. They can make suggestions. And you know what? If they don't have it, you know what they'll do? What? They will order it for you and get it and it doesn't cost you any shipping. That's big in today's world. You got two locations in, in Lincoln, Nebraska that you can go and go get all that great help from their great staff. Fellas, we got a question. Oh, all right. On the mailbag. Ooh, all righty. Uh, this question is coming from John Rice on our Slack channel. Which game do you think is criminally underrated by its BGG ranking, and why 
do you think that is the case? Oh, that's a good question. We had, there were some great answers on there already. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there uh, were some like good discussion around Wildcatters is a great choice for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Magnusorm, which you picked up a copy recently here, right? I did for, for a giveaway. All right. Hey. Yeah. PPCon. So, yeah. So. Get excited because uh, Evan thinks that that one is criminally underrated. So. Is it? Well, okay. So there are some good ones. So, uh, Chad, what do you think is a game that's uh, underrated? Well, I will give my big one first. And then after you guys go, I probably will have this as an honorable mention. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say tramways. Uh, tramways is outside of the, <laughs> the big ones, right? <laughs> I mean, we should have ruled for this. Apparently, <laughs> if you if you look, its overall rank is one thousand three hundred and fifty seven. Yeah, I mean, I re- I've played uh, I've played a few iterations of this game, even in the card form where he put out, you know, that kind of solo game or one to two player game of yeah. it. And the solo game, I should say, of Tramways is a little bit different, but it's still uh, satisfying. Anyway, Tramways would be my pick, uh, and the reason I think it's still criminally underrated is two two reasons. I think. Um, it didn't get mass production because it originally it was a Kickstarter that he just produces all those things by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and then it was put out by Ludi Creations. Again, like very small print run still. He's going to do a, a Kickstarter of this very soon with all the bling bling. Um, and that should probably get wider print run or wider attention, I would say. But I, I think that in coupled with the setup is is kind of difficult and there's some little niggling rules that aren't always easy possibly the second thing is is maybe people have been taught by you and then they not been taught the right rules maybe uh, uh, i i taught the right rules the first time i taught the right rules i think he's just upset that you stole his pick yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize we'd have to roll for uh, we, i know i think we should have rolled <laughs> Well, I'm going uh, next. <laughs> well, I, I would like to just say, Chad, I, I t- obviously I totally agree. This this game is, I, I think another reason it's it's mean. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's, it's not a brutal easy. auction. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, and one a lot of people say that they don't like auctions to begin with. Yeah, so, that's yeah. true. On top of it, this auction can make you feel stupid oh. and lose you the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, because I I love it, but I would agree. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's a tough one. So, all right, Richie, what do you got? All right, this is one that. Chad doesn't like this game, but Clef and I are on the same page on this game, and that's Ohm. Ah. One thousand rated one thousand one hundred fifty five. Mm. I, and All I right. just think for that, that was my uh, that was my second pick. Was that your second pick? For real? <laughs> <laughs> second pick. Uh, I went next. <laughs> Maybe you can have Chad's honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for it. I'll give it to you. He'll be real excited about my honorable mention. I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, just for the grid alone, I think that this game needs. Should be at least in the top one thousand. It should be. It should be. That, it's fanta- fantastic. Somebody's got to bring that into another game. Yeah, I would that love is it. Such a cool mechanism, and I just haven't seen that otherwise. So. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a great action yeah. selection game, and yeah. we've talked about it Absolutely. a bunch. Well, so, Clef, right. for your third pick. I God, what would Chad's honorable mention be? <laughs> You're not gonna like it. Like, you wouldn't uh, pick it in a million years. Like uh, Stevenson's rocket. So yeah, <laughs> was that it? No, it wasn't, but that's a great pick. That is not my pick. (laughs) Uh, Well, well, as you guys just heard, my first and literally second pick just got taken. Um, No, I just got to agree with you guys. I'm sorry. I I literally, uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure there are some other games that are out there that, uh, you know, but I honestly, I would say my top three would be Tramways, Ulm, and Wildcatters. So I think we've really hit that. Yeah, and you talked about Wildcatters. I think that's an appropriate pick. Totally. 
my honorable mention is going to be, and this is more when you compare it with another game, but Dinogenics is like 869. And Dinosaur World, I think it is. Dinosaur World. Or Dinosaur Island, maybe we'll say. Uh, Dinosaur Island is ranked 170. And I think Dinogenics is just a ton better, in my opinion. A, it 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 feels like dinosaur agricola. You have your little, you get, you're building your little gates around your dinosaurs, and then you're feeding them goats and stuff like that. And goats are kind of hard to get, and that's the way you can kind of screw people out of certain things. Um, now, I think that it is not ranked as highly because. Again, this was like a Kickstarter because all those wooden dinosaur meeples and all that stuff, all the wooden fences and all that stuff, it, it's very blinged out. And then again, too, I think people didn't like it uh, with the base game, but it comes out now with Controlled Chaos, which is a way to get more DNA so that you don't get shafted. If you wanted to make a certain dinosaur, you can kind of go to this other board and get wild DNA. And uh, I think that helps some of the randomness of the card draw uh, when you're making your own dinosaur part. But Anyway, Dinogenics, I think it's it's a crime that that is not the dinosaur game that is higher up instead of Dinosaur Island. I think it's a crime we let you have a honorable mention because your first one was so good, and I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I found one. I found oh, one. I found one. Okay. Throw it in here. Yeah, uh, 1,645 ground floor. So uh, this, yeah. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a great game. Uh, one of the few Euro type of games that plays better with like the five and the six player uh, count. Um, very cool double, like you've got the technology um, and the money kind of currency, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the currency that you have to and use. And it's tight. And it's tight. And you got to keep both yeah. of them going. And it always seems like you've got enough of one and not enough of the other. It plays better so, with five unless one of them's so. Brent. But yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. And, he, uh, yeah. and his wife got locked out. And- <laughs> Yeah, Chad has to, to drive to him to the gas King station in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. All right. Good question, John. Yeah. Appreciate it, John. Yeah. We ready for a little featured review? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Golem is a one to four player strategy game. That is designed by Flaminia Brasini, Virginio Gili, and Simone Luciani, and uh, takes place in, I believe, the 16th century in Prague. Basically, yeah. the setting is that we play rabbis who have these students, um, and the rabbis have created these golems. Now, in in tradition, in lore, golems were these kind of beings of clay that were created to do certain things, be protectors, that sort of thing. And basically in this game, we are creating these golems to do work for us and to protect us and that sort of thing. But these golems, the longer that they're around, they get more powerful and they get stronger and they move up this track and then they're hard to control. And the students are the ones who are supposed to control them and they gain knowledge. But if they don't have enough knowledge to control these golems, they can get out of control. And that's where some of the problem comes. So basically, we want to be the most successful rabbi who manages these golems and the students and um, gets some victory points. All right, uh, so just a quick overview of how the game plays. It, it is going to be played over four rounds. Um, the player with the most victory points is going to be the winner. On your turn, you're going to have one of two options. You can either place your rabbi on an action spot and take that particular action, or 
you can draft a marble. So the unique thing about this game is it has a kind of a, a tray where you're going to drop these marbles in and then the marbles roll down and they are going to be different colors and then they're going to be by different action spots. The more marbles that are in the row, the more kind of more powerful that action then becomes. And those different those actions are going to do things like help you build more golems. They're going to help you build artifacts that are going to give you different powers and, and income. And then they're also going to gain you knowledge and allow you then to draft uh, these uh, cards that you get a tuck under your player board to get you different powers and things like that. Um, as Chad kind of alluded to, you're going to have these three tracks that you're going to be moving down. Uh, on the top, you're going to be moving your student or kind of the person who's kind of trying to control the, the, the golem. And then the bottom part is where the golems are going to be kind of uh, moving down this track. And in fact, you're forced to try to move them uh, kind of down the track in the game. And you don't want to get let them get too far away. Otherwise, then they start costing you resources and it can eventually cost you uh, victory points if you don't have enough resources for it. Well, like I said, back to the marbles, they're different colors. And so they that will correspond to what track you can like kind of move your student up. And there's like a, a round card that will tell you what marbles, if you draft these, you kind of get a bonus. So you kind of want to. But then there's also white marbles that are wild, but they don't let you move up at all. And then there's one black marble that will let you move up like two of your students. So it's kind of more powerful, but it's, it's certainly you, you won't uh, get that end round bonus because it's, then it's, it's not a uh, color at all for, for that matter. So um, as I said, you kind of on your player board, you're always going to have three things that you can work on upgrading. You've got your golems. So you can actually upgrade your golem powers to make them kind of more powerful. You've got the artifacts that you really, what those do is just kind of bring you income and then finally, you have the, the knowledge track, which kind of uh, the higher you go, the more cards you can kind of tuck. And then they kind of do like kind of a chain reaction like Deus, where, you know, if you put them in the same row, they're going to start comboing uh, and, and making, you know, make you have more abilities and stuff that you, you get for that. I, and I will say real quick, I mean, just for you imagining if anybody's played Grand Austria Hotel, I would say this is very similar to that in the sense that where kind of the marbles are, the more where they're at where in Grand Austria, the more dice, the more powerful the action. And there's even a pass action where you can actually wait, remove a marble and like dump them in again and do it and then try to get a better action that maybe works better for you. Uh, so in sense, uh, like I said, you're going to do this over the course of four rounds. You score a lot of victory points. Oh, there's, and each one of the upgrades has these menorahs and the more menorahs you flip over, and then you get a times them by something in the game. That's like a, a spot where you get a lot of your victory points there at the end of the game. Right. Yeah. You and, multiply yeah. one, the blue menorah by how many books you end up with. You multiply yeah. the red one by the golems that you've created. And you uh, multiply the yellow one by the artifacts that you've Correct. Yep. done. So like I said, at the end of the game, the person with the most victory points is the best rabbi in town. Yeah. All right. uh, Well, thank you for that rule summary. Yeah. I tried to do a voice, but they wouldn't let me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, uh, let's talk about art and components first, as we do. And we can talk about rule book, too. Uh, What did you guys think about the art and components of this game? Solid. uh, Well, Well, no. Except the red street. Yep. Okay. Yep. Complaint number one. Okay. They're fine. They're they're pretty, whatever. But graphic design. The graphic design had some not misses. Great. Yeah, yeah, it had some misses. And the biggest miss is, and I just I don't understand why they did this. You have a blue student 
that's moving up a blue track. You have a yellow student that's moving up a yellow track. And then you have a red student that's moving up a green track. Yeah. And I don't know if there was just something where they couldn't make it red for something. They kind of tried to make it more like a tree line street, I feel like. And then it, yeah. it, it turned up, turned into a, a green, green street. street <laughs> yeah, it's odd. It, yeah. Because basically the tracks that we're talking about are basically supposed to be neighborhoods. And the mm. golems can do work at certain buildings that they run into. And the students, yeah. if they're far up enough in the income phase, can get uh, certain bonuses by being further up in the neighborhoods too. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it always was an issue with any new player. And sometimes even with people who had played it before, like, oh, right. Right, that's the red street. Okay, right. got it. Yeah, so yeah. that that was a little off. That was a miss. Also, the iconography. One, it's overwhelming, but I mean yeah, that's a lot a of their games, and it's language independent, so I yeah. get it. But they use certain icons to represent two different things. Like the the one that always bugs me is the to create a golem. They have that icon for which uh, shows the golem, and then to the one uh, to neighborhood tile. It shows the golem, shows that golem, and with just with an exclamation point next to it. Right, and that means it doesn't mean create a golem immediately. It means right. activate the adjacent golem. neighborhood tile and just work that that golem there. And it's right. I don't know, it's just funky things like that. And yep. there's a couple of those that they just kind of reuse in a weird way. Agreed. Yeah. That that's not real clear unless. And now you can easily look it up in the rule book, but it is not discernible when you're just looking at a board right. that is filled with iconography. Everyone's got to pass around that one rule book right. unless you make copies. Right. Uh, and, and, and yeah, even that artifact thing is 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 just kind of confusing how it is. It, that's been at least for me something hard to teach because. Or like when they trigger and, yeah, how and they everything. Trigger and, yeah. everything and, and if you have an open so, space, it does that right, right, mess yeah. it up. Yeah. I mean, I, I now have played the game enough that I understand everything, but it's still, you know, I've now I've taught it like two or three times. That's a tough thing. So yeah. So I would say yeah. like you said, it's tough. There's a lot of information, mm-hmm. but yep. yeah, I do wish that they would have done a little bit better job there, I think. And because uh, my board, and, and this might just be a random thing, but I, my board had like a, a little scrape off of it and the 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 tower thing or the, the temple thing where you pour the marbles down wasn't real easy to fit together. That was a struggle. I feel like... Cranio just needs to put a little bit more work in their quality control, which, to be quite honest, I mean, that that dinged their Kickstarter for Anunnaki just uh, recently, too. I well, mean, that was more because they had so many <laughs> $1 pledges. That's, well, but that was because that was the reason they had so many $1 pledges was because they had so much problem with Barrage and then the subsequent trying to fix of Barrage yeah. that they have a reputation, unfortunately. I so. also think it's because they put they have a lot of Kickstarter-exclusive promos that you can get from the other for their other games sure sure they but, do yes I, I do think some people are just gonna right. do the dollar right no and what. that is why i think so sure. anyway i'll just say uh if you're looking for uh top-notch um, production without any flaws this might not have it but i do like you know your little golem meeples and your yeah. uh you know your rabbi and the, and the marbles work great i think you know people will you talk they randomize enough in the synagogue yeah, yeah if you just if you pour them into your hand you you got to just kind of throw them and then they go down the track randomly <laughs> I, know, you, I mean you, you, there is a web app i did find i can't remember the user it's on bgg if you go to the the forums someone made a web app that you can just run and it will just randomize the marbles and you just put your marbles in if you're concerned about it, but I, I was I, never concerned about I it because I had it. I had it. Uh, if you're not careful, but you do have to be careful about it. If you're not careful, you can favor one side yeah. over the other. I don't know. I just went have like have this. That, and it has that weird tracky thing in there, you know? I'm telling you, you can favor a side. 
All right. Well, I guess I'm not that worried about favoring a side. So, right. I mean, you know. It's- but uh, in my experience, it, it didn't happen too much. So I, I wouldn't be too worried. But if you are, there's that app. Yeah. Uh, Rulebook, I thought, for the most part, was I, I mean we talked about the iconography but i, I feel like you good. can learn it through yeah. there pretty easily i mean me and you just sat down yep. uh, one night and yep. just we just learned it right from the rule book and we didn't have any problems at all yeah so, it was all there no major questions or anything i don't feel like I, I i have to say unfortunately i didn't get to play the solo version so i didn't go through that part of the rule book uh, i've heard the solo is good i mean basically it's a card system where they've really worked it out where you know your automa is selecting um different different actions from a card basically but uh and there are different uh difficulty levels that you're vying with too so you can kind of set that up as well that way but uh for the most part the other stuff that i've read through in the rule book seemed to be laid out well and easy to find everything you need the one thing that i think would have been better for this would have been a and, and maybe there's one on, on BGG already on the Board Game Geek website, but it would have been nice to have a Teotihuacan-style uh, checklist at the yes, end of your turn. you do need a checklist. Because once your combos start building with this game, you every game I've played of this, there were at least like three times where somebody said, oh, wait, I forgot to do this, mm, you yeah. know, because there's just so many things uh, you have to check. One thing I always forget is moving your student because whenever right. you take a marble, depending on the color of the marble, you get to move a student unless it's white. And sometimes I forget that. I just start taking the action and then all of a sudden, you know, halfway through the game, I realize my student hasn't moved. So. Right, right. And not just that, but like how many things trigger, you know, other yeah. things once you get mm-hmm. going. Yeah, so... That would have been nice to have, and I'm sure somebody's made one by now from BGG, but that would definitely uh, ease your play. What about gameplay, guys? Uh, Clef said that it sounded kind of like Grand Austria Hotel, and I will agree it does have those elements of an action selection just via the marble instead of the dice. Did it feel like that for you, Richie? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think it's uh, definitely crunchier than Grand Austria Hotel. It is. There's a lot going on, especially for, like, for your first game you're probably not going to do that great. It's definitely a game that with more plays, you can chain those combos together a lot easier because, you know, I mean, you only get 12 actions in the entire game and somehow you got to get, you know, 100 plus points to, to win the game with that. So uh, it's, yeah, if you like Grand Austria Hotel, I think you would also like this, uh, but it, it, it is weightier for sure. And in my experience too, now there's an intro in how to set this up and how to, you know, there's an introductory one that's nicer, but like if you don't set up those intros sometimes for somebody who plays new and the way that the action tiles for the rabbi come out and what order they come out, it can be, it can be tough to get your engine going at first, depending mm. on what comes out in which way, I think. Um, so that can be harder for new players, I feel like as well. I, I, so after I learned it, we initially set it up with that. Every time I have taught it since then, I've just done the randomization just because I feel like I can, I don't know. I didn't find that to be that big of a difference. So in my opinion, at least where those neighborhood tiles were or anything like that, I, I, I didn't. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think the objectives more than anything else, they had those intro objectives just to oh, give right. to someone, yep. at least too. to give them, you know, to know what to go after. Uh, I think it's helpful just because, I mean, at the beginning, after you get all those rule, that huge rule dump at the very beginning, then yeah. trying to think of, you know, how to score points yeah. can be difficult in the like long yeah. term. And I remember, I remember Chad and I with those objectives, you know, it was like 
we were almost done with the game. We were like, oh, yeah, what about these? You know, you <laughs> right, know when yeah. you're first trying to learn it, it's like, whoa, so yeah. much. But, yeah. so okay. I, I agree there. I, I think in every game that I played, you definitely noticed the new players versus the people yes. who had played the game once. Um, I think that there was usually a good variation in score with that. Although I will say it's not as punishing as, for like, Lorenzo or Grand Austria with the Emperor's Track and the Clergy right, Track. right. Because the character cards are just good, and it does yeah. suck to miss them. Right. But it's easy to get. The, I mean, it's not necessarily easy. I mean, yeah, it is easy to get. It's them. easy. Oh, if you want to do it, it's if you want to do it, yeah. you can do it. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, it's a. It's just a nice ac- extra action that you're getting if you do that, instead of being penalized in like most of their yeah, other games. Really, their only penalty is the knowledge you have to spend uh, for the to control your golem. Yeah, just so. Um, and that's not all that hard, honestly. I mean, it's not. If you're not you know, watching for it and you let your golem get careful. really out of control, all of a sudden yeah. it can start to. Yeah. I think once on again, you. I think that because uh, uh, Joe and I played a, a game with Ken. It was Ken's first game and he killed uh, one of his golems right before the end of the round. And then so he had to do all of his movement on that one that he had left. So he had to move it six spaces and ended up going across the the way where you lose the points right uh, so yeah I mean okay, you, but that, that was just more because yeah. of his first time playing yep. yeah yeah what you're doing so yeah what did you like about what this what this does Clef like what, um, what what was what were the good feels for you in the gameplay I mean it's it's a nice puzzle it's a you know it's an interesting puzzle about which which marbles you're going to take and which actions and um I you know kind of which which one are you going to more concentrate on than any of the others you know are you going to work on you know, upgrading your golem and, and trying to get him moving. Are you going to do the, the book type of thing? Are you going to do the artifacts? You know, not, I mean, you, you kind of do a little bit of all of it, but I'm saying we're usually you're going to say, okay, this is one that I'm really going to concentrate on. Mm, right. And I like that fact that, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a, you know, here's what I'm going to try to do. A um, little bit of cat and mouse where, Oh, do I want to take a marble better action or do I want to put my rabbi on a really good action space? And plus the, the higher you go on the on those action spaces, the that determines player order for the next round. So right. sometimes that can be very important too. So yeah. I liked that. Um, the player interaction in the game is, you know, drafting marbles and trying to put your rabbi, you know, there. Yeah, Other it's than low. That, there's not a lot. So that's I mean, not. Uh, but it feels like to me for this sort of game, it feels like enough. You know, it feels like sure. you're considering enough, and there, are de- there's, there can definitely be points in the game where you're like, no, please don't yeah. take that. Oh man, okay, right. A little bit, yep, I would agree, but I mean, definitely, like Richie was saying, though, nowhere close to as punishing as like a Lorenzo or a, uh, or a Grand Austria Hotel, where you're having right, to right, worry right. about that type of bad stuff sure. uh, happening to you. But yeah. I did like that about this game that you really feel like uh, you can go after a certain strategy, but yet it still feels balanced. In other words, I can go off and do books like crazy and get all my bonuses from books, and Richie can go off and do golems and and make them work and get all his bonuses from that. And we are both grabbing two different menorahs and multiplying, you know, our scores that way. Yeah, yeah. I do wish that there was some way, maybe more. Like on the student track, I almost wish there was more like menorahs that you could grab, you know, so like, you know, there would be a like, oh, well, I really want to make sure to move, take a blue marble to move my blue student to get a menorah type of thing, you know, before somebody else does. And maybe yeah. the blue marble doesn't really help me otherwise. I wish maybe there was a little bit more 
you know, interaction I mean, in that way. Yeah, you're not going to get, I mean, there's only one menorah on the track. But as you yeah, get down the way, I mean, you are getting victory points. Right. As income. Right, so, but I'm just saying there's no competition. I mean, you students right, right, can yeah, be on the same spot. I, I got you. Yeah, yeah, that's I what you. I'm saying. One thing I did see in three and four player games of this, too, is that the killing of the golems, we didn't really talk about that, but there's a cemetery at the bottom, and when you kill your golem, you can put your golem in that cemetery and get a bonus. And so sometimes putting them there first uh, is a big deal because uh, if the, all the spots get taken up, then you're just not really getting anything for them. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, th- I think there's like maybe like two or three bonuses down there that are really good. Like Especially if you, you get like the upgrade gold. where yep. yeah. that gives you double. The yep. double. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're maybe one of the first two or three golems that you kill, after that, it's like, you know, two knowledge. It's like, right. uh, what to right. do type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But, uh, yeah. All right. So let's move on to uh, player count. We just kind of alluded to it. I'll, I'll say I think the game is fine at, you know, and I'm obviously not going to talk solo, but I think the game was fine at two, three, and four. I will say I think you're going to have higher scores at a higher player count because you have more marbles. So your actions are bigger when you take those actions Yeah. as opposed to in a two player game, you just have less marbles. You're just not going to take as big of actions. Right. And right. since there's not, you're not fighting over necessarily anything all that much. You're just, yeah, it's just going to be, I don't even want to say easier. It's just going to be more better actions that you can kind of take. Agreed. In a way. Sure. Um, however, otherwise, I, you know, Two players, I think, is just just fine for the game. I have no, I've played it quite a few times at two players, uh, but had a, just had a fine time playing it three player and four player also. I prefer two, uh, and three players is fine. Uh, four, I don't necessarily need that fourth person. It it extends the game a little longer than I would Too want. Yeah. yeah, and if you if you have somebody who because this does cons- you do have to consider some stuff because of yeah. your chaining reactions if you do have somebody with ap it can be a long game yeah, yeah. it yeah. really can but it's yeah. not terrible especially no. if it's experienced players at the table right but it, yeah i would not want to be in a game with like three new players yeah playing oh, a no. four-player game no no yeah i wouldn't want to do that with almost any game <laughs> i i like two. i'd say three is the sweet spot for me for this game okay. as long as everybody knows what they're doing relatively what do you think about uh the variability and replayability two separate questions for this game well starting off with the variability i think it's fairly low i you know i realize you're gonna have different cards that are gonna come up up there but those cards are all basically the same card i mean they're you know they're all doing the same type of things and the people the the objectives that you try to do at the end of each round once again not much different either i mean in between them so uh you get to see all the same action spaces every single game just kind of where they come up at but i don't know if i would say that that makes it very much variability in the game no i I mean that's really a lot of their games i mean grand austria is the same way lorenzo the same way where you're going to see the exact same character cards coming out yes it's just how you go about doing your puzzle essentially right right but i would i would say that both of those games have uh quite a bit more variability because like Lorenzo really makes a difference on where cards come even in that same row, you know, like if they're cheaper or more expensive, sure. you know I mean? There can be a lot of variability there. And obviously grand Austria can really matter on the, on the guests that come out where this, I, I don't know if I, I would say that those are a little bit higher to me in variability than what this is. So. I, I, I would 
I would consider it average because if you think about it, every artifact board has two sides to it. So you can decide which side it's on, basically, or you when you draft them in the ex- expanded or advanced variant, it, it can matter w- what those look like. And each upgrade has two sides to it. And then you have the neighborhood tiles, which, yeah, they're they're not that different, but still, if you get some uh, and a different layout, uh, that can change the game a little bit. And there's a lot of book cards, even though they don't quite feel the same the way that they're going to stack into slots, because only one slot can each have a color unless you get a black card, which can be any color book. And then you also have the objectives, which there's a pretty fat stack of objective cards. Now, a lot of them are the same, like, oh, this golem goes here or this student goes here or whatever. But still, I, I think it's average in my opinion. I don't I don't feel like it's it's low for that. Replayability. I, th- I think it's got some replayability in it because I do think that there are some different strategies that you can kind of work on. Now, maybe not a lot because obviously there's just the three parts of it that you're kind of doing. But I feel like, you know, I mean, I think I've played this now five times and, you know, I've, I've enjoyed every one of my plays of kind of trying to figure out the puzzle. Um, now, for long-term replayability, I don't think it quite has the replayability of, say, Lorenzo or a Grand Austria or certainly a Barrage for me. So I would say average for replayability. Mm, I mean, I am probably just maybe like a just a tick higher because uh, I mean, as I've played it more, I've enjoyed it more. I've enjoyed figuring out that puzzle more and, you know, trying to get around when people take a certain marble or they take an action spot that I was planning on doing, trying to figure that all out. Last game I played, I tried not to take any artifacts. I tried to just go red, blue as far as the actions go and trying to get my points off there. I lost, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't do terrible. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, I think there's... There's st- stuff still left to explore in there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say I'm with Richie in that, that I feel like uh, it's got some replayability. It's not one I'm going to take off the shelf every uh, every week for, you know, a couple months, but I, I will still be playing this. Um, I, I, I anticipate wanting to get it off the shelf and, and play more games of it. I don't feel like I've seen everything there is to discover yet. Well, time to rate it. Yeah. Richie, give us that uh, Punchboard Paradise rating scale. So Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. Clef. Uh, so I like this game. Uh, you know, certainly I played it first night with Chad, and, uh, you know, I immediately ordered it. Um, I, I am going to say that this, for me, I consider this is a my brother-in-law Brian game. Like, I bought this because I knew he would like it and we would play it a few times and, you know, really enjoy it type of thing. Um, does he, he does. I was hundred percent right. Is he this a new scale? So it's my new scale. <laughs> right. The brother-in-law, Brian brother-in-law scale. scale. Is it um, the, the bro, the bro law? The, 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 what was that? Oh, the, Bre- yeah. okay. <laughs> the Brendan. <laughs> Bryden was it? Yeah. Bryden yeah, scale. Yeah. So bad. Uh, All right. Anyways. Um, now, I'm going to start off right away and say this would be on the lower end of the cranios for me. You know, I mean, certainly Lorenzo, Barrage, uh, even, you know, in Grand Austria, and even Newton, you know, well, Grand Austria is not uh, uh, cranial, but, you know, in that yeah, that yeah. same designer. Uh, you know, Oofra. Yeah, type of thing. Um, it's a little bit lower. 
I think the biggest thing for me that this game misses is that player interaction. And we've obviously talked a lot about this where player interaction is a very big thing in games for me now, where I, I am not looking just to solve a puzzle and, and try to score the most victory points with my puzzle as opposed to your puzzle. Um, I think it's got enough player interaction that it's, you know, I, I like it. And I'm just, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how many more plays I see myself pulling this off because if we're talking six months down the road and somebody says, Hey, let's play an, you know, an Italian designer's name. I, I feel like it's just going to kind of drop below those other games. Okay. Now that being said, I still think it's a solid game. I think they, they did a nice job. It's, it's got some cool things about it. Uh, the marble thing is, is a, is a cool idea, you know, for sure. Yes, you could. They could have just used dice and done, you know, somewhat similar. And it's, but it's cool that they tried the marbles. Um, I'm going to come in at a four. So I, I mean, I I think this is definitely a four. In a year's time, could it go down to a three? It's possible. I don't know. But at this moment, I'm going to give it a four. That's where I'm coming in at. Chad, this is hard because I think, like you said, it suffers from being compared to the other designers' games that we, I mean, these are games that we really love, like mm-hmm. Grand Austria Hotel and Lorenzo are in, if not our top tens, then they're high up there. Uh, and so this is hard. I, I'm really struggling between a four and a five here uh, because of that comparison like in a vacuum how do i feel about this game i i like that it moves fairly quick still if you you know if you if you play with three i i still think that there's interesting decisions to be made and once you get to that third and fourth round of play i feel like the combos feel really enjoyable and good as long as you can keep track of everything that's going on there uh and like i said I like those games where really you can choose an emphasis and it still feels balanced because sometimes that's rarely a thing, I feel like. Um, so I'm going to come in, maybe this is high, but I'm going to come in at a low five with this. Um, uh, I, I am enjoying it and uh, it it is uh, shaping up to be one of my uh, more favorite games uh, of this past year. So uh, yeah, a five is what I'm going to give it. Richie, why don't you bring us in? I'm also struggling with that between the four and the five it's it was my number one game from last year and once i had some distance uh between it like it had probably settled into that four but you know getting in my plays again for the review it's been creeping up there and i've been enjoying it i like i like games where it's you know you just there's a bunch of stuff out there you got to make it work and you have 12 actions to do it right i like i like that and i like the you know there's no punishment in this one, like in Grand Austria Hotel and Lorenzo. I, I do like that more. I got to come in at a four because okay. I'm really I'm at a high four. Sure, I'm I'm right there. It could easily go up to a five. They release a little bit more content for it. I could it, I could see it going up to the five. Right. Definitely worth owning. Definitely worth being part of the collection. Yeah, that's okay. true because Lorenzo's partly where it is because of that expansion. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. It comes out with some great expansion. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, they, they are good at expansion. All right. Well, a, a gentlemen, uh, I think we, we gave it our all. It's uh that's a four from Richie and Clef, and it's a five for me. And I would say to our punch bunch, if you like these designers, definitely, definitely give it a play. Oh, oh, now, yeah. if yeah. you think that, you know, you only need one or two games by these designers, then, then maybe it's not for you because, you know, there are some really good games by them out there. But uh, if you're a fan, check it out. That's Golem. 
remember this uh, BGG Top 100 thing that we've been doing? No, I remember that. Wow. A while ago. (laughs) Maybe we should have done a little bit more than five each episode. uh, This list is so ancient by now. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's it's funny. Yeah, I think Ark Nova is like... 17? It, is it really now? It's up there. It's Woo! ridiculous. Oh Boom. My goodness. All right. We're not going to talk about Ark Nova. All right. <laughs> uh, so what I got here is we are now into the top 50. Uh, so last time we did, uh, we did number 50 was uh, Clans of Caledonia. So we're now ready to jump in. Number 49 is Mechs versus Minions. Ooh. I'm surprised this is still... In the top 100, to tell you the truth, it's a really good co-op with a really good production. Yeah, uh, I the think production that's the big part. Probably yeah. is a big part of it. But I, but like I said, I'm surprised that because it was really big hype, and you know, since then I haven't heard anything. Right. About I it mean, it will probably slowly fall out. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. not like people are going back and redoing the rating, yeah redoing the rating. Yeah. Uh, and Ark Nova is actually 15. So. <laughs> well, I'm so talk to you people. <laughs> so this is interesting though because I feel like Mechs and Minions, like we were just talking about criminally underrated and one of the considerations were what a small limited release it had. Well, you can't find this Mechs and Minions anymore. No, it was certainly a you had to buy it at the time that it came out. Um I mean, I played through the whole entire campaign, which Yeah. I mean, that for me in a co-op, that's that's saying that's, something. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, I think it has some pretty. It must have some time. pretty <laughs> devoted. <laughs> it must have some pretty devoted followers, I would say. Yeah. So all right. So that was number. Uh, did we you gotta rate rating? it. You gotta rate it. I'm be, right now, I'd give it a two. I have no <laughs> desire to play it at all. I don't You're know. the only one of us that's uh, really played much. I played of it, right? through half of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we ended up playing it with the suckies, and it's a, it's an enjoyable. I don't like co-ops all that much, mm. so I mean that keeps it from probably ever getting to like a five when you put in the production and the gameplay it, it's a four i'll give it a four no i just gave no it's a three i gotta give it a three i played two games of it i think and uh you know honestly like if i'm gonna play a pro a programming game because some of those not, not, aren't necessarily my thing but if i'm mm-hmm. gonna play a programming game i want to play Colt Express is my favorite programming game. So, you know. Okay. All right. Uh, number 48 is an absolute favorite of, of the Punch Bunch here, and that is Barrage, talking mm-hmm. about our Italian designers. Oh, man. Oh, God, I played it last night with uh, Jake, Joe Freustad, and Jordan Hopper. Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, good. I'm not playing with Farrell. <laughs> good to go. And then I decided I was going to try to do kind of what Farrell does. Yeah, not he, produce in the first yeah, round. Yeah, and he kind of like in builds. I'm like, I'm going to do that. Mm. Yeah, let's not I mean, here's ever the thing. try that when, again. When Joe does that, though, he has a plan right. for the rest of the game. Right. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, I thought I did. Wasn't a very good plan, I will tell you that much. Uh, yeah, I scored my lowest total oh, yeah. I've ever scored. It was bad, yeah. Jake just ran away with it. The rest of us were just kind of vying for a second there. It was, it was pretty bad, but it doesn't matter. I love the game every time I play it. Do oh, you, yeah, it's fantastic. Do you remember when you told me it fell off for you? I do, and I think maybe it got flat. I, and I can't remember why. There was something that just maybe some, you know, sometimes you might have a bad play and then it just kind of goes there. But I have played it probably like five times in the past couple of months because it's been mm. really hot around yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, we played a great, you know, we played a game of Feral yeah. at Great Plains. Great Plains, and, yep. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's actually trending the other way. It's, it's getting more like closer to the uh, my yeah, top. That was one of the reasons yeah, so. the with the Anunnaki 
Kickstarter because they were going to have the they bundled that with the two and three player map for Barrage, right? And a bunch of other stuff for Barrage, yeah, yep. and Lorenzo and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely want all that. I just think I still think. I mean, it's a great, great design. I mean, I gave it a mm. five when it came out, but only because they really messed up the production. But I mean, as a Kickstarter, but wow, uh, it's such a great design. You talk about player interaction; it's got all the kind of player interaction oh. you want in that oh, game. The meanest yeah. player mean interaction. Yeah, oh, so it's great. Yeah. It's great. What would you rate it, Chad? Six. Six. I'm, I'm going to give it a six. Yep. Yeah. Cross board. Okay. Uh, number forty-seven. Uh, another great uh, Euro worker placement game, Anachrony. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Woo, talk about production. This sucker is uh, big, and especially the new version is... I still need to play the the expansion. Can I tell you something that... Which Oh, like the newest one? Yeah, the, the latest the one. The, uh, yeah. 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 Can I tell you something? Another thing that you just wouldn't recognize about me, I seriously, seriously painted my my very first mini the other day. I saw it. Was that from the, the wow. Learn Reaper, to paint Reaper Bones kit? Yeah, yeah. I've... I've I've put that in my cart several times and then taken it out. So you're not going to paint anything. <laughs> it's Richie. really good. It's really good. It Is teaches it? you right. how to dry brush and stuff. It's, it's really good. And I felt like totally in control. I could still do better than I did, but mm-hmm. like for not having good lighting, which next time that's the way I'm going to do it. But I, that is part of my mission. Maybe it should be part of my, uh, mid year goals. Uh, but I want to get my, uh, I want to get my anachrony painted. And so, mm. uh, so, you know, I, I think that, uh, Maybe you could uh, teach a class at PBCon. Maybe. No, no, no. I'm not going to teach <laughs> no. anybody. I bet most of the people at PBCon quick, are probably. better at. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I want to get this out more, get it, you know, get it painted because those miniatures are so fun. You don't need them, but they're great. You don't need them, um, but. But they, you do. But. You, you, you do not. <laughs> but you do. Ridiculous to well, you're just going to lay them on the yes, flat on I've, the table on top of a stupid token? On, on the token. So yes, you can't played, really see who's in there? You I've gotta, played that way and had no problems whatsoever. Mm, but how no often problems. do you play without the minis? So, I think it was one time. Just <laughs> I did it just to see, and it was really honestly no different. But you never went back to it. So. I may not have played the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as great as the game is, it is not only is it long and the new fractures of time made it longer, longer. Yeah. but talk about, okay, come back in 20 minutes after I've set the game up. I mean, it is yeah. a yeah. setup. It is a Lacerda type setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's got a lot Agreed. going on. It, still good though. Uh, solid five for me. Very solid. Five. Yep. The nice thing is having, and, and you don't have it, but that big box, that big box arranges your, it's got inserts that arrange all your tiles for you. So you just pop them out. I know, but it's nicer. the size of a toddler. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Got that going against it. <laughs> That's right. That's all right. Uh, for me, like I want to give it a five, but I don't pull it off. Yeah, I often know. Often at all. And I don't ever really think about it. So I'm, I'll come in at a four. Uh, if I'm being realistic, I have to give it a four because right. same reason. All right. Uh, our next one is a classic, an all time classic here in Power Grid. Mm. I just rebought this here recently because <laughs> <laughs> that list is growing. And growing. I know, it's growing. <laughs> uh, just because I've had so many people around me that enjoy it, that I enjoy most of the games that they like. And my first play was so long ago and the guy that taught me didn't really know how to play that well. Uh-huh. So I want to give it another shot. I feel like maybe we should try to, uh, who knows what's going to happen, but I feel like maybe we should try to get in a game of this at PPCon. Like, yeah, add that to the long yeah. list of... <laughs> Only if PPCon was two months long. Yeah, we yeah. Could <laughs> <get them all laughs> uh, yeah I really, I've been itching to play this again. 
I don't even know why, but I even got the robots expansion. <laughs> I don't think that that's any good solo, but I, I just got it. So. That's for two-player games, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, you supposedly can even maybe play it solo, but I don't know. Who knows? I, I obviously you want to play this thing at four at least, but but I, yeah. again, I I want to I want to get this out and play it again. Uh, I just haven't, so I probably come in at a four. What about you, Clef? Um, once again, I mean, like you said, I I mean, I feel like I want to play it. But yet, I don't ever play it. I, I mean, I haven't played it in over two years, and I've probably only played it a few times. So I don't feel like I can give it too high of a rating. I'll say a three, just simply because of inexperience with it. Maybe if I played it more and got to play some of the different maps and different things like that, maybe I would think it's it's you know I would like it more. But at this moment, you know, it's uh yeah, I I'd just say a three would probably be where I would. Coming Good point. Yeah, that's what I was going to give it. It was a three, just okay. based off of my one play. Good. Uh, number 45 is the first of the Italian designers, Zulkin, the Mayan counter. Yeah. Yeah, the, the definitely the first T game. Uh, the first, yeah, I guess the first T game for yeah. sure. But yeah. uh, uh, at least one of the most first popular ones, I guess. Right, I, right. I, mm-hmm. I introduced that beautiful board with the gears and then turning around and you having to wait on your workers to try to get better you know actions but every turn you either had to put ones on or take them off and tight economy i have not played it since you taught us the expansion it's been a while yeah richie's like i like this game and then we got spanked by clef with that special combo (laughs) and richie's like i don't like this game (laughs) (laughs) no i need to go back to it for sure but but, i haven't pulled it off the shelf and probably since then i mean i I would get rid of, I'll tell you what though, I still have it. I would get rid of and am getting rid of other T games besides this one though. I would agree. It, yeah, sure. It does not leave my collection. Right. So I still have it. And so that's saying something. I'm probably going to say a four. Yeah. I'll go three. I like it where time is, anytime time is a, is a part of your economy. That's cool. Yeah. I, know, I like that. Yeah. All right. Um, you know what? I'm sneaking in number 44 just to get it out of the way. Uh, <laughs> All right. Kingdom Death Monster. Got nothing to say. Don't know anything. I don't care. I don't know anything about it except lots of exposed genitalia yeah. on the. And it still hasn't delivered completely, right? Well, the new printing, I think. I don't know. Were, were there? I think other, there's like waves. Like I don't other know. waves that haven't delivered from the original. I don't. Once know. again, we, know, we don't know anything about yeah. this. No, yeah. so <laughs> not, this is not Punchboard Paradise's wheelhouse. Right no, here. it's not, not even Rich for our play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we can't. We can't play games like that anyway because I mean it's no. like a k- crazy campaign. Like we'd never be able to do that. And I would never put together minis. So. Oh yeah. Not not happening. So yeah. So like I said, I'll just throw that one in there just to get it out of the way before we start again next week. Yep. So. All right, there we go. So six of BGG's top fifty. You got a bonus from like that we had nothing almost a year ago. <laughs> had nothing to say. About. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <A> bonus. Ah, <laughs> uh, is that it? Uh, that is all the show. we have time for. Hey, before we go, should I talk any more about Arc Nova? No, not no. no. Nope. <laughs> oh. Hey, Punch Punch. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I just want to tell you yeah. to take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise.
yeah. need to just come out and say that Ark Nova is the heaviest game ever. Otherwise, that's not going away. Yeah, right. <laughs> I stand by myself. I played it again the other day, and I actually, I think it's lighter than what I thought it was before. 